This podcast is sponsored by the Copywriter Underground. It's our new membership designed for you to help you attract more clients and hit 10K a month consistently. For more information or to sign up, go to thecopywriterunderground.com. What if you could hang out with seriously talented copywriters and other experts, ask them about their successes and failures, their work processes, and their habits, then steal an idea or two to inspire your own work? That's what Rob and I do every week at the Copywriter Club podcast. You're invited to join the club for episode 144 as we chat with copywriter Jeff Kimes about how science, music, and travel combine to make him a more effective copywriter, his research and writing process, seeking out experiences that grow his career, and we might even talk a little bit about the ethics of copy. Welcome, Jeff. Hey, Jeff. Hello. I want to say welcome back because we already did interview you months ago, but we just lost the file. It just didn't work out. So welcome back. We never got to publish that conversation, but I know this one will be even more insightful. So Jeff, why don't we start this off just with you know the basics of how you got into copywriting, and then we'll go from there. So as far as my own journey into copywriting... Um... I've lived a, a couple different phases of life, which I think is pretty normal uh, at this point in society. Uh, I started out in science. I was working in uh, a psychoneuroimmunology lab out of after school. I was doing uh, working in vaccine development. I worked in neuroscience labs and stuff like that. And after a while, I got really sick of the lab life and was really hungering for more. And I always had a real big travel bug inside of me. And so um, went on a found jobs that facilitated that lifestyle. I worked at sea a lot in marine biology and used that to fund eight years of kind of world travel. That was very uh, musically inspired. I'm also a musician and uh, I'd go to a lot of countries where I was really inspired by their musical traditions and learned with teachers over there. And then I would take what I learned and incorporate it into music that I was making back here in the U.S. and uh, use that to launch a a music project that I played with for several years. And it was really fun, like just enormously fun, not terribly profitable, but just a really, really beautiful life experience. And um, in that process of growing a band and trying to, you know, make music my life and make, make that my living started to really come into contact with uh, the necessity of marketing and you have to get your message out there. You have, it doesn't matter how good what you do is like, no one really cares how good what you do is, unfortunately, if they don't know about it. If you can't tell your story, if you can't tell people how awesome you are, if you can't find ways to connect with audiences and draw them into whatever it is that you're creating, it's almost a lost cause. I mean, I met lots of incredible musicians, just like really inspired artists, amazing people who are all really struggling and no one's ever heard of them because they don't know how to promote themselves. And so my first real, uh, exposure to copywriting was doing Kickstarter campaigns. And I wrote all the copy for our Kickstarter launch and helped script out the video. And I mean, it was a team effort for sure. And a lot of outreach and all that, but that was the first time I was like, Oh, okay. If you want people to give you money, you have to write all these words. What do you write? how do you write that? So I started investigating and doing research online and one thing leads to another. And then as the, as the band grew and it was, we got relatively successful. We were playing on large stages at festivals uh, up and down the West coast and having a great time and really great connections with our audience and everything like that. But um, even then, you know, life as a touring musician is awesome in a lot of ways, but it's also really grueling. And um, I started looking for other ways to really supplement my income that would allow me to continue this lifestyle of travel and music and art and all these other things that I was really passionate about. And uh, freelance, I looked into a lot of different kinds of things. I was like, okay, well, what can I do that I am already kind of good at that is going to make me a better person that is going to make, like add a valuable skill to my skill set, even if I don't do it for very long. So like, even if I only do this thing for say two, three, four or five years, whatever, I'm going to be way better off because I did that. And so like, I'm not a designer. I'm not really visually arts inclined. I'm not a programmer. Like I tried that once. Maybe that's, um, 
but really it came down to writing. It's like, okay, I know that I can write. I know that I can communicate. It's still creative and I can start connecting with other businesses and learn marketing, which is clearly valuable. And so that kind of kicked me off on this whole journey into copywriting. And um, after the project that I was working with, uh, that relationship ended and uh, stepped out of that and copywriting really took over. And that's kind of how I ended up where I am now in the short version. Cool. So first question, what was the band name? <laughs> band name was Yaima. It was kind of a uh, Yaima. down-tempo, kind of organic, electronic hybrid thing. They're still playing, but um, yeah, I'm not playing. All right. Well, I guess let's check them out on uh, on iTunes or you know wherever people uh, get their music. We'll, we'll we'll look for that. But so you mentioned having to learn how to promote as part of your musical experience and also connecting with the audience. Are there other lessons that you pull from being a musician that apply directly to what you do in copywriting today? So before the band, even well, kind of at the same time, I also spent time um, as a busker, like a street musician, and it's a similar kind of thing in street music where you see these people, like there can be really amazing street musicians who don't make a lot of money because they're kind of like inwardly focused. They're, they're so into their music that they're not really showing it. And so kind of, kind of showmanship and really connecting with people and giving to a certain extent, giving people what they want, giving people something really interesting and engaging to look at. And, when it, when it comes to copy, it's like, yeah, you as a business, you probably have a lot of really wonderful things you want to say, but is that engaging for anyone else? Is this, is this enjoyable to read? Are you really connecting on what they want to hear and feel? And that sort of empathic, like putting yourself into someone else's shoes, I think is really important no matter what. It's like, you can be a great musician, but if you're not also entertaining to some degree, you're not going to rise to the level that you would like to be at. Like there's this really famous YouTube video of like one of the top violin players from the, the New York Philharmonic Orchestra or something like that playing in the, the New York subway and making like $25 <laughs> in an hour when really he gets paid like $10,000 for a single performance. And so, you know, the, the context that you surround with whatever creative act that you're doing is really important. The, uh, the showmanship that you put around it. And so like with copy, you know, like the context that you build around your offer through email, through the supporting copy to, to build it into this thing that gives them something to really latch onto. And like one of the biggest assets as a performer is a stage. Like having a really good stage, a big stage with lights and all this other stuff dramatically improves your perception in the eyes of the people watching you. So I love this idea of, you know, figuring out if you're connecting as a musician and carrying that through to copywriting. How can copywriters know if they are building that connection while they're actually writing and still doing the work, you know, after you launch something, you know, if it converts or not, but while you're doing it and pulling it together, are there any questions that you ask yourself to make sure that it is engaging? Reading it out loud, I think is really helpful. Because then it's like, if I'm reading this out loud and I'm bored reading it out loud, no one else is going to enjoy this either. <laughs> um, I think your the emotional state from which you write is also really important because ultimately, like, like with music, there's a real direct uh, expression of whatever it is you're doing that's being transmitted through the act of the music that you're playing. There's a real, you can, you have an advantage in music because usually you can see the people that you're, you can see the people's reactions and stuff like that. But ultimately it really comes into like tapping into your own inner resources of emotional depth and you're communicating that in the act of creation, in the act of whatever it is you're, you're doing, whether it's writing, whether it's playing music, whether it's making a painting, you're transmitting a certain emotional state through your act of creation. And as a writer, it's really important to, to kind of get that and put yourself in the right mindset, put yourself in the right emotional state. Like getting, if this is something that needs to be exciting, get yourself excited when you're writing. You know, if you're writing, if you're trying to pull on some emotional heartstrings, put yourself in that state. If you're writing about like a difficult situation, like, you know, I had a client a while back, they do the, the big database for online counseling. 
And so they're dealing with a lot of people with depression and anxiety. And so when I was doing that, it's really like, okay, if I'm depressed, like really putting yourself into, into that state of like, I'm depressed. I don't know what to do. I like, I can't even talk to people. I feel lost. I feel confused. My chest is collapsing and all this other stuff. And like really getting deep into that emotional state. It's like, what do I need to hear right now? How do I, how do I reach this person? How do I really connect on that emotional level in a way that's going to like resonate with them and make them feel understood and seen and putting yourself into that emotional state that you need to connect with that audience, I think is really, really critical. Yeah, I really like the idea that you mentioned too of the context and the stage that you put yourself in and the difference, you know, between being sort of the busker street musician versus, you know, on a larger festival stage and how that impacts the experience of the of the customer for music. And I can I can totally see that applying in copywriting as well. You know, there are people who the way they set their stage you know, they are just this, the guy sitting on the street corner and there's nothing magical about it versus other copywriters who, you know, step out onto this enormous stage with the lights and the smoke and all the special effects. And, and I'm curious, as you do that in your business, like what are the things that you do to set the stage for your clients so that it's not just a plain, you know, street musician experience, but that it's something special? Well, I mean, it really depends on the audience that you're talking to. And so every audience is going to have kind of like different core desires and every business is solving, you know, different fundamental problems. One of the things we talked about in the the Lost conversation, <laughs> the Lost podcast that we did earlier was this docuseries that I worked on. Uh, and so it was a documentary series for herbal medicine, which is something that I personally care about. But deep down, like all these people that are really interested in herbal medicine, they're there's kind of like a couple different things going on. One is like, yeah, they have these core health desires. Like they're struggling with chronic illness. They're being failed by pharmaceutical medicine. There's a lot of confusion. They know that like, like they sit down to talk with their doctor. The doctor's there for like less than 10 minutes, asks them like four questions and then leaves and gives them a prescription for some pills. And they don't see seen or heard. They don't feel like the doctor is giving them any real attention. So there's that kind of disappointment, but there's also within the, kinds of people that are really into herbal medicine, there's also a sense of doing something greater for the planet. There's also a sense that like natural medicine, going back to the earth of uh, going back to our roots as humans. Like what, what did our ancestors do? How did, how did they stay healthy? What were the kinds of medicines that they used that didn't make them sick? And so one of the things that made that really successful, I mean, it was a very, very successful launch. We did like 1.8 million in 10 days and totally blew away all expectations of what we were trying to do. And that was awesome. But what it really was for me was tapping into this deeper desire for a bigger mission that this is, this is greater than me and my health problems. This is, this is something epic. And by participating in this event, by participating in this docuseries, I am participating in like, you know, the health revolution. I am participating in this amazing thing with, and, this is a vehicle for me to connect with other like-minded people and be on this cutting edge of the change that needs to happen in the world because we're poisoning ourselves and we're poisoning our planet. And like all of a sudden, this little docuseries of watching watching some videos, which ultimately has the same information that you could probably YouTube in a couple hours, but creating this thing like, no, this this is a thing. You you are a part of something huge and you know. People have a real lack of that sense of meaning and that sense of purpose. And so when you can tap these really deep things that are not served to people by our society, because we, are, we live in a largely disconnected society, that I think made a big difference in how we were able to do that. So like being able to connect what you're doing to not just their deeper core desires as humans, but uh, as like, you know, the problem that they're trying to solve. But I think there's different layers of how you're doing that. And the more you can blow this little problem that you're, they're trying to solve and connect it to much, much bigger things. It's like, Oh, by doing this thing, by engaging with this, this business owner, with this product, with this service or whatever it is, I'm not just serving myself. This is, this is the turning point for a massive cascade of amazing benefits and positivity that is going to impact my life, the lives of the people close to me, the lives of the community of which I'm a part of and all these other things. And, the more you can paint that picture. And so that's what I'm talking about when setting the stage, like this isn't just like someone on the street corner, like, you know, like doodling around on their guitar. This is epic. 
this is huge. This is bright lights and explosions. We are changing the world. And, you know, I work in a lot of the clients I work with are in this kind of like mindset of changing the planet and solving bigger issues through their business. And that's something that I personally particularly resonate with. But even for other people, you know, it's like if you're if you're just selling, you know, like productivity course or you're you're selling, I don't know, whatever it happens to be marketing for this person, this person starts a business because they have a vision because they want to create something. They want not just a business that's successful, but they're starting it. Why are they starting a business? They're starting a business because they want a certain level of freedom. They want a certain level of autonomy. They want the certain lifestyle that's going to not only give them the financial freedom to pursue their dreams, but also the time, the flexibility and all these things. And that starts connecting to their relationships and their family and these, these other possibilities and these untapped reservoirs of potential that suddenly they'll have access to once they have these resources of time and money and all of a sudden the benefits explode out into this much larger stage. And so I think that's, that's one way to really think about it. It's not like just going deeper, deeper, deeper into the real benefits and the real core desires that people are trying to address consciously or unconsciously. All right. So Jeff, I want to continue this story about and figure out where you are today. Because even since we chatted last, I know you've moved and you're in a different place even in your career. Um, so can you just catch us up over you know the last few months and the changes that you've had um, geographically and also with your business and career? Yeah. So uh, about six months ago, I moved from the wonderful, beautiful city of Seattle to the also wonderful and beautiful city of Heidelberg, Germany. Um, my wife is German and she wanted to go back to school and it just made more sense to do that in Germany. And so, yeah, we moved there to support my wife and her growth and her career. And it's great. Um, one of the beautiful things about these kinds of jobs is kind of like digital nomad in a sense. Like I'm not traveling so much and, and like doing it like on the road, but the, the freedom, like I didn't really miss a step in that move. Like, yeah, there were some transition things and all that that were a little tricky to navigate and figuring out my new work rhythms. But once I'm there, but like, you know, I got to keep my clients. I got to do all this stuff and all I needed was my laptop. All I need is an internet connection. And that's, it, it makes so many things simple. It's like, I don't have to worry about finding a job in a foreign country. I don't have to worry about all these other things. And it's been really good. Um, Heidelberg's really beautiful. It's a, it's an old uh, kind of an intellectual philosophical town. It's got the oldest university in Germany started in like 1318, something like that. A lot of beautiful old buildings, Thun River. It's very picturesque. And uh, it's also really inspiring inspiring place to be as a writer and so after I did that I, I did have a little bit of a hiccup where right after I moved I had I was booked out for like three months when I moved and I was like yes okay cool I don't even have to worry about it and then right after I moved like my two of the big projects that were coming up kind of dropped for different reasons it's like oh all this work I had lined up is no longer there that's that's not what I was expecting and so but even then like just keep going at it, keep marketing yourself, find ways to reconnect with past clients and do other stuff. And so when I was in that process of trying to find a business, someone reached out to me on LinkedIn of all places, and that turned into a new full-time gig. So I have uh, gone full-time with a, a single entrepreneur, which was something I really never thought I would ever do. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, Brian Clark of uh, Copy blogger had this has this idea of being unemployable, which is something that I kind of slightly resonate with. Uh, I really appreciate my autonomy and my independence, and so the idea of being a full time employee for something for someone was really something that I was just not on my radar. It wasn't something I ever wanted to do. But when it comes down to it, uh, and I look at the real goals that I have for myself, the real goals of where I want to be, how I want to grow, the skills that I want to acquire. Uh, the opportunity that came through with this full-time position was just amazing. And I'm really, really happy in it. I'm way happier than I expected to be. And a lot of that comes down to kind of, we, we resonate on the mission level. Like we both want to see the same changes in the world. We both want to serve people in the same way. Um, 
it's in the personal development and business uh, building space, which is a new space for me. Um, but it's awesome. It's it's really really fun and learning a whole new market, learning new people. And one of the really cool things about this, you know, I've had a lot of clients that were great people and had great businesses, but they weren't necessarily in the right stage of their business to make the best use of my skills. You know, it's like they were a little disorganized or maybe they were kind of engaging in some shiny object syndrome or were kind of trying to do the same, but then they're like, no, now we're going to do this. Oh, and now we're going to do this. Or they would like hire my services, but then they would also contract this external marketing agency to do this other thing. But the tone of the marketing materials, this external organization was producing were really totally different and out of voice from what I was doing. So there was a lot of confusion there from people just trying to do too many things. And so with this guy, like he's already built a successful business every, and he's at this really powerful inflection point uh, where he's at a point where I can come in and really make a big difference for their business. Cause they built a multi-million dollar business without copy. They've done most of their business building online. So now they're trying to take it and scale it up. Line. And this is where a copywriter can really shine. This is where, like, you know, powerful communication really makes a big difference. You know, it's like the offer is core, and the the audience. These the offer and the audience are really the two biggest pieces. And until you have those two things dialed in, the copy's not going to do as much as it really could. So I'm working with someone who has their offers dialed in, they have their audience really nailed, and so I can come in and just do my thing and have it be extraordinarily effective because they have all the resources and the infrastructure to really make it happen. And I'm working with really excellent people. Uh, I mean, it's, it's really the idea of, it's a dream client in a lot of ways. It wasn't the dream client I had originally envisioned. Like I was more in like the health space and all this other stuff, but this is just a perfect opportunity. And it's really kind of like an optimized for learning experience. Um, I really appreciate this guy's, uh, his name is David Bayer. If anyone wants to check him out, I think he's awesome. But there's a certain mentorship that comes with it of really working closely with someone and really adopting their voice and learning this guy, what this guy has to teach. Uh, it's just a fantastic opportunity for me and to really grow and go deep. And with any new business, there's a certain learning curve to kind of get the bead on their voice and really understand their who who their audience is, what they really do and what really makes them stand out and learning all you know, the little nuanced language that kind of comes along with it. And... With a team, there's a certain like learning phase of learning the relationships and, and kind of syncing up so you're you're all on the same page, you're all working together, and that, that takes time. But once you get that working, like wow, you can crank out amazing stuff in a lot less time than trying to work with a new client and then another new client a couple weeks later and another new client a couple weeks later. Like that's interesting, but it also comes with costs. And so when it in terms of like, how can I be of the greatest service to the most people? How can I make, how can I write amazing copy that makes a real difference in the world for these people? Going deep with fewer clients, I think maximizes my potential to do good work in the world and do better work for the people that I'm working with. Hey, we're just jumping into the show today to tell you a little bit more about the Copywriter Underground. Rob, what do you like best about this membership? So this membership community is full of copywriters that are investing in their businesses and taking what they do seriously. Everything is focused around three ideas, copywriting and getting better at the craft that we all do, marketing and getting in front of the right customers so that you can charge more and earn more, and also mindset so that you can get out of your head and focus on the things that will help you be successful at what we do. There's a private Facebook group for the members of the community, and we also send out a monthly newsletter that's full of advice, again, on those three areas, copywriting, marketing, and mindset, things that you can mark up and you know tear out, put them in your file, save them for whatever, and it's not going to get lost in your email inbox. Carol, what do you like about the Copywriter Underground? So I, I love the monthly hot seat calls where our members have a chance to sit in the hot seat and ask a big question or get ideas or talk through a challenge in their business because we all learn from those, those situations. And then I also feel like the templates we include in the membership are valuable because who wants to reinvent the wheel? And Rob and I end up sharing a lot of the templates and resources we use in our own businesses. So 
I would definitely want to grab those. So if you are interested in joining a community of copywriters that are investing in their business and in themselves and trying to do more, get more clients, earn more money consistently, go to thecopywriterunderground.com to learn more. Now back to the program. You know, more than a year ago, one of our mentors, Brian Kurtz, started publishing about, you know, what the future for copywriting held. And he talked a lot about uh, the possibilities of a lot of copywriters joining up, uh, not necessarily stopping working as uh, contract workers, but working exclusively with one company on contract so that you become effectively, you know, the copy resource, almost like you're an employee of the company, but you're not. And, and he says that it's a great opportunity because you get to learn the company, the product, and you just get so much more involved in the business. And so you can be much more effective as, you know, a copywriter for, for that business. And, and he sees the entire industry of copywriting going at least, you know, in some way that way. And it, it feels like you've kind of you know, made that happen in your own business. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. And, you know, one of the big pain points for most business owners is, is voice. You know, it's like, okay, yeah, I found this copywriter and they're, they're saying some stuff. Maybe they've had some success and, and all that, but can they really write for me? Can they really like adopt my, my worldview? Can they really adopt my language? Can they can they make the communication sound authentic while still being very effective? I think that's a huge pain point. And so this is something that like, like you see in Agora, like Agora does mostly internal teams now. And if that's what they're doing, there's probably very good reasons. They've, <laughs> they test just about everything. If that's what they found to be the most efficient for the business, I think a lot, of, now that they're being more public about that, I think that you're gonna see a lot more people going, looking at that model going like, ooh, maybe that's a really good idea. And, you know, like, and any relationship takes time. Any relationship goes through these phases of like, okay, getting to know you, like working out our differences, working out how we best work together. And that's kind of like a sunk cost. Like you have to pay that cost in, in relationship time, no matter who you're working with. And so the longer you work with one client, that, that sunk cost gets spread out. Like, okay, well, we have to pay that fixed fee and now uh, of time and energy. And now everything else on top of that is just getting easier and more streamlined and more efficient and more effective. And it also puts you as a copywriter more in a strategic position because the more you become involved, the more you're integrated with like coming up with ideas with like fine tuning the offers and all these other things. And so as a growth opportunity for you as a copywriter, you start taking on not just the, you're not a commodity, right? You're not just like giving them some words, you're becoming a partner in their business and you're adopting more of a strategic mindset because you're playing the long game with this person. And the more you take that strategic mindset into working with another business, the more valuable you are. And that's, and however long you work with that person, that's something you take for every other client you take on from then on, because you're not just a copywriter, you're a marketing strategist, you're a content strategist, you're, you're working at a higher level because you've been able to go deep with someone and really understand how that plays out over multiple assets, over multiple offers, over different funnels and different parts of their business and how that all connects. And that uh, higher level view is a very valuable skill set. Yeah, I think this is such an important conversation because I feel like for many of us, our egos get in the way where we're like, you know, we taste the freedom of being a freelancer and we're just like, I will never again work for someone else. But it's silly. And I think that's, that was my reaction when Brian Kurtz said that at our event last year. I was like, never, it's not going to happen. But it doesn't make sense because these opportunities can help you further your career and, and learn. Um, so can we just dig into it more and talk about the pros and cons from your experience so far? Like when, for any copywriter who's considering going in-house, um, what should they be thinking about? What questions should they be asking to make sure it is the right move for them in their career. Yeah, um, I, I totally agree. I have that same thing of that initial kind of rebel streak of like, screw you, you don't own me. I'm my own person. <laughs> <laughs> like, I totally get it. It's ridiculous, but it's yeah, there. Like that's why I started my own business. That's why I went freelance. So I can be have control of my own destiny, you know? But um, you know, there's a certain immaturity to that. There's a certain kind of like teenage angst that kind of comes along. Oh, with that, I, so. I am a very immature person, so this <laughs> all makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> to me too, you know? But like, okay, let, taking the long view. So one thing that I think is really valuable to consider here, and this is another lesson from music, is 
you are entering into a very deep relationship with this person, not just as like employee, employer, or long-term contractor, but like you're going to be working very closely with this person, especially as a copywriter where you are speaking as another person, especially if it's a business with a figurehead, like where, you know, they're, this per- there's this person who is the face and voice of the business and you are kind of, I don't know, method acting as this person. That's a very close relationship. You have to have a lot of conversations with them and really understand them and who they are and what they stand for and, and what they're really putting out into the world. And so when you're considering that, is that someone you want to be in that kind of a relationship with this is a very close intimate relationship you know and like in in music it's kind of like if you're in a three-person band it's sort of like a three-way marriage or like this is a, a deep creative partnership and you need to kind of take the same filtering screening process that you would with any other close relationship you know like is this person Hannibal Lecter <laughs> like do you really want to be like Getting to know this person on a deep level, I don't know. Is this someone you really want to be talking to all the time? Or is this something that you're only doing because you think it's going to make you money? Uh, Sounds a little bit like a marriage. Yeah, absolutely. This is absolutely the way I think people should think about it. Because, you know, if you're going to be writing as this person. You're going to be working with this person. And you want this, this ideally, this is a mutually beneficial relationship. You are helping this person, they are helping you, and together you're creating something greater than either of you could create alone. You know, they, they need you and you need them. And like, not like desperate need, but like we are helping each other to create synergy and create something even bigger than both of us. Yeah, it, it, so, it sounds like as you think about this kind of relationship too, that on the copywriter side, you want to make sure that you're getting a piece of the growth of the business, not just a paycheck or you know a, a per project rate or per whatever rate, like to really be invested and to really make this worthwhile uh, you know, there should be a deeper business relationship and, and compensation for that. That is a very excellent thing to shoot for. I think that is difficult to negotiate unless you're at a high level. Um, not a lot of certain businesses are open to that. Certain entrepreneurs are really not. Uh, and so it really, it really depends on that relationship, but, you know, negotiate to the best of your ability. Absolutely. Try and work that in. I think if not a, like, like kind of like a royalty, like a piece of the action or partnership in that sense, at the very least, like uh, a bonus structure or quarterly reviews. Like if I do something and we blow away our expectations, it's totally reasonable that I should get some sort of compensation or bonus because of that. And so just being clear about that from the very beginning, but at the same time, don't get too hung up on that because you have to look at you know, the, uh, the exchange happens on multiple levels. It's not just monetary. I mean, yeah, we're in this because we want to make money and we, we, we need to create an income and we want to have a great income. And we want to live these, these amazing lives of prosperity and freedom and abundance and all this other stuff. Like, absolutely. And keep in mind the, the deeper benefits that also come along with it of the learning. Uh, like if you're working with a really seasoned business person who has a very good grasp of sales, who has a very good grasp of like overall marketing and messaging, positioning and all these things. These are things you're going to absorb and learn. And the learning experience is something to not just like poo-poo away. It's like, this, this is also a really important part. And this is one of the big benefits that I'm taking from my current position where, where I'm at with this business that I'm working with. It's like the intangible benefits and growth opportunities and are just massive. I'm really excited about for the doors that this is going to open for me. And so one of the things that also worked out for me in my situation in particular is that I'm going to be working with some of the private clients that he has in his high level mastermind and working with them individually and reviewing their copy. And so it's honing my copy coaching skills. It's honing my teaching skills. I'm going to be doing some presentations and talks. And so it's like, okay, well, this is someone who's given me opportunity to hone my expertise and my voice of authority and my teaching abilities. And that's huge. Like you can do it on your own, but you know, when you have external deadlines, that really makes things happen. <laughs> so there, there's a lot of other things to consider besides just the monetary thing. I also, there, there's also benefits. There's also, uh, networking opportunities. There's also like, who is this person connected to and how does that benefit you on the deeper level? Like 
looking at the long game for how this is going, this could potentially open doors for you further down the line. Whenever you potentially stop working with this person, the relationships that you build ideally will serve you for the rest of your career. And the knowledge that you gain will hopefully serve your, your development and your growth in business and life for the rest of your life. And so taking this really like long-term view and optimize for learning and growth, I think is a way to really, even if you take less money, like I'll be totally upfront where I took a little bit of a pay cut on my absolute, like the absolute value of my earning potential is somewhat less in a full-time position, but I gain stability. I gain regularity. I don't have to market myself to get a paycheck. I don't like, like there's, there's this trade-off that you really want to look at and, you know, like, so like the situation when I moved and suddenly these projects dropped out from under me and I'm like, kind of like scrambling to, to pick up the slack. That's not something I have to deal with anymore, which is great. It provides a lot of peace of mind, especially when I experience a little instability because I'm transitioning into a new city, into new cultures, with new language and all these other things. It's like, okay, well, that stability is something I value more than I did when I was living here in Seattle and I already had all my networks. I already had all this other stuff going for me. I'm in a different situation. So my priorities shift as my situation shifted. Yeah, no, that makes complete sense. And even if you're thinking about the hours you could be spending, that you would be marketing your business. I mean, those hours are worth money too. So they have a value and now you don't have to spend time doing that. Um, Maybe this is getting into the weeds, but just to confirm, like, so are you full-time with full benefits and paycheck or are you a full-time contractor or like what? I'm a full-time employee. Like I'm a W2 employee. Okay, cool. I'd love to hear you just dig a little bit more into the optimization for learning and how, because I love that you look at the long-term growth, long-term growth for you um, and the learning and where this will take you 10, 20 years from now. Whereas it's really easy just to look at like what's right in front of us. So how do you approach, um, I guess, how do you approach the career and what advice would you give to other copywriters um, who maybe are have a harder time thinking about the long-term path because they're just thinking about getting, you know, making money and getting some clients in for tomorrow? Um, how should we be thinking about the next 20 years, the next 30 years in a way so that we can optimize for learning? So this is, it's, it's originally an idea that I got from Scott Adams. I think this is something that I, I inherently think about anyway, because I'm, I'm pretty clear on what I really care about. And so that, that was already kind of set for me. I spent a lot of time introspectively looking at what, like, especially before I got into copywriting, it's like, okay, well, I have certain core values and how do I, especially transitioning out of music, like how do I keep that alignment with my core values of what I care about most in the world while building a business and while engaging in some sort of entrepreneurial activity and working with businesses. Like when I first got into copywriting, I was really scared because as a musician, it's really easy to be idealistic. And a lot of my resistance to working in like a corporate situation or working for a company was like, I don't want to have like this not so nice corporate culture rub off on my idealistic artistic tendencies and building it from the from a place of values from the very beginning i think got me a lot of clarity and so to bring it back to like scott adams so scott adams was the creator of dilbert and he is an engineer right and he continued working as an engineer even while he was a wildly successful comic book creator or, or comic strip creator and it's because he was optimizing for learning because there were skills that he was learning in the engineering world that he wanted to take forward and it's just an idea that really really stuck with me and so if you're getting into this thing as a copywriting it's like okay well what are your your deeper goals not just for the life that you want to create not like the money you want to make but like what kind of life do you want to live what do you really care about and getting clear on those things and then looking for opportunities that are in alignment with like that and because there's all kinds of businesses out there, you know, if you really just want to do this for money and just become the most like dialed in, super high converting, badass copywriter you could ever be, you know, you can totally go the Agora path. Ultimately, I found that their values weren't really, they, were, they weren't serving in a way that I really wanted to contribute to the world. 
and so I kind of steered myself away from that direction after a while. I was like, this just isn't, this isn't where I really want to go. And so that clarity of what I care about helped me make the choices for the opportunities that I was seeing available. Because there's so many ways you can go. It's like, if you really care about, I want a life of freedom. Okay, I, I want to work roughly this many hours per week because I have a kid and I want to be able to travel this much and all these other things. You kind of like reverse engineer it like that. And so for me, I don't know, it's a little hard for me to articulate, I guess, because these are kind of like natural ways that I, I think about it. But uh, just building it from the ground up, you know, of like what really matters? What, what do you really care about? And then like going from there to like ideal clients and like who, who really resonates with that? Who's, who's at alignment like that? Who cares about the same things? Who's trying to see the same changes? Okay, so like for me with the background in science, my early clients were in the health space because I could easily write about science and nutrition and stuff like that. But I didn't want to just write for like behemoth supplement companies. It didn't feel right in the same way that I didn't want to work for big pharma companies when I graduated from university. That didn't feel right either. And understanding that helped me make choices that were aligned with who the person that I want to become and the life that I want to lead. And that's a, that's a very personal decision for everyone. And that gives you clarity on your dream clients. And when you start defining your dream clients, that's when you start noticing opportunities and noticing the people who are in alignment with that. Like if you really care about fashion, like that's, that's, that's your jam. Like, okay, we'll start looking around the internet. There's a lot of people selling amazing clothes. Like what kinds of people would really be good for that? It's like, okay, well there's these independent designers who do really great stuff, but like, they're just kind of like doing random postings and it doesn't seem like it's really effective. What if I could help them create kind of like, a Facebook type funnel that would help them reach a larger audience and do that. And then I get to help these like really cool designers who are really awesome people. Uh, and kind of, kind of that kind of a thinking. Uh, but in the long run, like, you know, the people making the most money are the people who think the deepest about business, who understand strategy, who understand the higher level pieces and aren't just the service provider. And so Looking around at that, I think, is also a really helpful lens to view the skills that you're developing, the people that you're working with. So, Jeff, I, I know you're, you're kind of talking about optimizing for learning. You know, as I think about your career, you're starting out in science and the music career that you had and the travel that you've done. You know, as you look for opportunities, how, you know, how, how do you look at them and say, okay, yeah, this is the right one for me because the learning is going to be there or I don't want to do that kind of a project because it's not going to move me forward. Like what's your process for thinking that through? Okay. So as a service provider, the, there, there, there's sort of like steps. Well, like first you get good at, at your craft uh, and like that pursuing that mastery. So it's like opportunities that are going to give you the opportunity for mastery through uh, say, get really good results for people to refine your writing process or be put in a position where someone has an email list that they like, and their emails are terrible. Like, okay, well, that's that's a really easy place for me to come in, be of service, and get paid to get better. And then there, as a, the next level is really kind of like building your authority. And there's a certain limit on how much you can do in terms of like your working hours, because as a service provider, there's a certain trade of money for time. And so the the way you overcome that is by developing your authority and eventually creating productized services or or developing other offers of like here i'll teach you to do it through this program and you can see a lot of people doing this so it's like okay if that's if that's the path forward for continuing to build to build your authority to be able to increase your rates to be able to create uh passive income streams all of that kind of stuff it's like okay well what are the things that are going to help me develop that and so how do i teach what are opportunities for me to refine my teaching? What are opportunities for me to work in uh, laying out educational structure? What are opportunities for me to speak? What are opportunities for me to work with people one-on-one? And when you start asking yourself these other questions of like, okay, how could, doing with what I'm doing, how could I start to create passive income? It's like, hmm, I don't know, how would that work for what I'm doing? You start looking around. You start, I mean, so it really just starts with like asking yourself questions. And I think having a, a clear idea from the get-go of where it is you want to go. Like you have to kind of have some sort of idea of where you want to go. And, you know, in the beginning, your idea of where you want to go is really going to be 
like get better, <laughs> get better at copywriting. That's her first step. And it's like, as you get better, it's like, okay, I'm in a good groove now. Like this is, this is feeling solid. I want to like keep getting to the next level. The next level is like, okay, I need to really start building my authority. I need to start learning how to teach. I need, and like, there's, there's kind of a sequencing that I think is also really important to take into consideration. But uh, asking yourself questions that stimulate these kinds of thoughts, I think is a really good practice. All right. So you've, you've alluded to this already in talking about your values and your path. Uh, I want to hear a little bit from you about the ethics of copywriting. Um, I guess specifically, if you can just step on your soapbox and for a couple minutes before we wrap and like, just talk about why what we do as marketers, as copywriters is really important to, to our communities and to the world and why it does matter and yeah, let's just see what comes out of you from that. Yeah. So uh, earlier, uh, kind of at the end of last year, Facebook changed a lot of things about what you're allowed to post and the kinds of language you're allowed to use in ads. And so you're kind of you're not used to you're not allowed to use shaming language. You're not allowed to be a fear mongerer uh, and these kinds of stuff. And a lot of marketing people and copywriting authorities out there started crying and going, oh, no, our, our businesses are going to collapse. We can't use fear and shame and all these things that we use to push people buttons and manipulate them into buying. And look around, you know, like, look, look at our society. Look, look at what's going on. Like, people are having a very difficult time feeling connected. People are having a very difficult time having reasonable discourse, like, the political situation in the United States is tense. The political situation in the, in the, in the world is tense. And so as copywriters, you know, our job is to dig into people's psyche and, and really understand what makes them tick, really understand what they care about, not the things that the surface level things, surface level problems that they're trying to address through whatever product or service, but like, what do they really care about? What really motivates them? What are the, what are the real buttons that like, motivate this person to do anything what are the deeper needs that need to be serviced here that that like needs speaking to what what are the deeper pains that need to be witnessed and, and like called out or or spoken to and this is a very uh this is, this is a very powerful position uh, like i really believe that copywriting and persuasive communication is one of the most powerful skills you can develop as a person in a digital world because so much uh, is mediated by the written word and the messages that we put out there. And so if we look at the state of the world and like, you know, impending climate collapse and the collapse of ecosystems, the million species on the verge of extinction. And if you really understand like the interconnectedness of biology, it's, you know, it's like these species aren't there just, just because it's nice. Like they're there because they serve functions in society in the ecosystem in the whole planet and the more we take these out it's like taking threads out of cloth and at some point this cloth is just not going to hold any weight it's going to get it's just going to fall apart and so as copywriters we're in this position we're like okay so i'm being paid to put out communication and messaging out there how can i use this skill and this knowledge and this deeper psychological insight into people to actually help like bridge these gaps of communication to help create positive change and to like look at the bigger picture here. Like if you're putting out all the stuff that exacerbates divisiveness and that makes people more afraid, that makes people more paranoid, that makes people it's it's just really sad when I see the the, the breakdown of communication, the breakdown of, of reasonable discourse. And we're in a place where we can actually help that. We could actually make some change. We could actually put out marketing that doesn't inflame these things and make the situation worse. And there's a lot of copy out there that it, I believe is making the situation worse. Like there's copy out there. Like there's one particular promo that I'm thinking about that's just like ramping on this, like Hillary Clinton is trying to steal your babies. It doesn't say that exactly, but it's kind of like what it means. It's just like inflaming political divisiveness for the purposes of profit. And I don't find that to be terribly ethical. I don't think that's very helpful for anyone. I think it's generally making the word, the world a, a less place. You know, it's like sort of the equivalent of 
communication pollution. And so if you're putting stuff out there that enlivens people, that makes them that see the possibility of a better future, of a better version of themselves, then that's that's where I think we really need to be going here. Because it's not just the the problems that we're solving for these businesses, like we're also participating in a much larger culture. And I think it's important to recognize that in the same way that it's important for us to recognize that our choices in consumerism, our choices of the things that we buy, the food that we eat, all these things have much wider ramifications. And we're, this is an awareness that's slowly like coming to the fore, that, that people are slowly beginning to understand that like, oh, okay, everything's connected here. My actions have a consequence beyond the immediate thing that I'm looking at. I mean, if you looked at the fossil fuel industry and you took away all the subsidies from the government and then you took into account all the collateral damage environmentally and all the health damage, like it would be losing trillions of dollars a year, but only because you look at profit in this very narrow window, it gives the illusion of being profitable. But if you widen the lens out, it's really, 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 really not profitable. Like their business comes at a massive global cost. And I think it's kind of the same thing with copywriting or with any sort of messaging. Like there's a wider cost to what you're doing that you're putting out there. And are you helping? Is what you're doing making the world a better place? Are you genuinely helping people? And I think this is just something to like check in with yourself. Like you don't have to adopt my values, but like, you know, we all have neighbors, we all have communities that we're a part of, and we need to acknowledge that. I think the the question, you know, is my copy making the world a better place is a great question to ask and maybe a good place to end. Jeff, if people want to connect with you, where can they find you? I'm on Facebook. You can find me on my website, jeffkimes.com. I have a little email list. I email every now and again. Um, yeah. And I don't want to be all like too rambly, ranty. Like, I'm so Hey, we asked you to do it. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I just want to be clear. Like, I'm not making anyone like, I don't want to enforce my belief systems on anyone. Well, like, I mean, like you said, and Rob said, it's, it's important to ask these questions and understand um, the broader picture and our communities and that the words that we're using do matter. And as copywriters, we know that, but it's easy for all of us to forget. So I think it's a really important reminder. And thanks, Jeff, for jumping in here a second time with us. We really appreciate your time. Cool. Thanks, Jeff. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Thanks for having me back. And great to talk to you guys. You've been listening to the Copywriter Club podcast with Kira Hug and Rob Marsh. Music for the show is a clip from Gravity by Whitest Boy Alive, available in iTunes. If you like what you've heard, you can help us spread the word by subscribing in iTunes and by leaving a review. For show notes, a full transcript, and links to our free Facebook community, visit thecopywriterclub.com. We'll see you next episode.